Trad wife, trad life. Is the trad trend ending? What is this and what does it mean for Christian women? Thankfully, I've got some good news. Also, Lil Nas X is causing a stir among Christians once again for blasphemous images used to promote his new album. And we've also got some good news, some good patriotic news. And then we've got some questions. Bree and I have some questions about none other than the moon landing all on this episode of relatable which is brought to you by our friends at good ranchers go to goodranchers.com use code ally that's goodranchers.com code ally hey guys welcome to relatable happy wednesday hope everyone is having a wonderful week so far if you haven't listened to yesterday's episode with aaron wren living in a post-Christian country, what the heck happened in 2014 that caused us to spiral so quickly into the depravity that we're seeing today? Go listen to that fascinating conversation. I learned a lot. But today, uh, per usual, we've got a lot to talk about, a wide range of things that we're discussing today. The first thing that I want to talk about is the potential end to the trad trend. Now, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, you can go back and listen to a previous episode that we talked about the kind of trad life, trad wife trend that is going on on social media. Now, let me clarify what I'm going to say. I am, of course, not dogging on a traditional life, Uh, being a traditional wife, traditional gender roles, living on a farm, raising chickens and cows and homeschooling and all of those things. I think that's wonderful. But on portions of social media, particularly on TikTok, I don't reside on TikTok. I see my TikToks later on Instagram like a grown-up millennial. But there is, uh, has been a trend of kind of cosplaying like a traditional family without necessarily talking about biblical values. And so trying to achieve this kind of 19th century aesthetic to show that you're really going back to your roots and in so doing, setting these very unrealistic standards for what motherhood looks like. And I've noticed among a lot of Christians, this kind of feeling of insecurity that if you are not raising your own chickens, if you are not wearing a you know prairie dress all day and and farming and making your own cheese and making sourdough from scratch that maybe you are not doing enough to be a Titus II woman but it seems like the trad trend again not talking about actual traditional values and traditional uh, families, but the trad trend on social media seems to be coming to an end. I have felt like this, but then I saw this article by this outlet. It's a great outlet called The Conservator. And I saw it on Instagram and it links to uh, their article, which I thought was really interesting. So the Instagram post says this, if it's been a while since you've seen Little House on the Prairie clad woman telling you to bake sourdough, you're not alone. The trad wife trend has been in vogue for several years now, but any trend that is an aesthetic before it is a values-based movement is doomed to be short-lived and ripe for takeover. Oh, I think that's a very insightful sentence. 
And here's what the article has to say. Has the trad bubble popped? This is by Alina Kloff. Uh, The trad wife trend has been in vogue for several years. Okay, I just read that. Perhaps it emerged in the post-COVID return of many women to the domestic sphere. In any case, the popularity of online trad influencers seems to be fading almost as quickly as it began. As Carmel Richardson argues in The American Conservative, fun videos of cooking, cleaning, and child-rearing fills a void left by young women raised primarily in daycare and government schools. Many of them didn't watch their mothers be homemakers, but self-proclaimed trad wives are still influencers. Uh, While there's nothing wrong with most of the things valued by the trad movement, the trend unhelpfully takes conservative values such as family, modesty, and traditional gender roles and turns them into cosplay escapism. I think that, again, is very insightful and we have argued the same thing on this podcast. In many ways, conservative values are attaching themselves to an aesthetic, not the other way around. And any trend that is an aesthetic before it is a values-based movement is doomed to be short lived and ripe for takeover. The bottom line, the trad movement isn't conservative necessarily, I would add, because it sees nothing left to conserve. It's empty and escapist. This is an opinion, a perspective of what's going on. However, any movement that hinges more on cottage core Pinterest boards and owning a backyard cow than on truth, goodness, and beauty um, isn't built to last. And then we've also talked about before how being a traditional wife and being a traditional mom, while these things can be wonderful, it's not necessarily synonymous with being a biblical wife and mom. And if you don't know what I'm talking about by this like trad trend, trad aesthetic that's not necessarily biblical, here here are a few examples of that. Here's one. What do you want to be when you grow up? Okay, so there's one, uh, and here is another one. Okay, so again, I'm not indicting these people. I'm not saying that this is bad. I am just giving you an example of some of the things that are online that have to do with this kind of trad trend that really attaches to a particular aesthetic. So here's my takeaway on all of this. And let me give you some caveats because I know many of you out there, maybe you're offended by that. Um, Like it is indicting you as someone who does raise chickens or you do live in a farm and you do cook from scratch. It might sound like someone is calling you someone who is obsessed with just anesthetic and being superficial and trying to attach to a trend. And you're thinking, well, that's not who I am at all. You cook from scratch because it's healthier. You make sourdough because you love to make sourdough. You wear dresses because it's more comfortable. You raise chickens and and you're living on a farm and you homeschool because all of these are aligned with your values and your goals as a family. And I think that's awesome. Like I, I actually love following people like you. I also love learning from people like you. I think it is so important to have people that lead different kinds of lives and obviously people who make our food. It's extremely important. So I am cheering you on and supporting you. Uh, what I think is important in noticing that this has kind of become an aesthetic on social media is that it sets for some women an unrealistic standard of what it means to be a 
biblical woman. There is nothing wrong in uh, with farm life in and of itself. There is nothing wrong with cottage core in and of itself. There's nothing wrong even with a particular aesthetic that someone is putting online in and of itself. But uh, when some women look to that or compare themselves to that and they feel like, wow, I can't really be a conservative. I can't really be traditional. I can't really be a Proverbs 31 woman and a Christian wife and mom unless I am doing those things and look like that. Uh, then we fall into this trap of allowing social media to set the standards of motherhood rather than God and his word. Because the truth is, while those things are wonderful, you do not have to do them. You do not have to align with that aesthetic in order to be a godly mom, in order to be, by the grace of God, throughout your life, a Proverbs 31 woman. Look at me. I am not someone who is probably going to make sourdough starter. I'm probably not. Maybe at some point in my life in a different season, I will be feeding my five-year-old sourdough starter and I will be making a loaf of bread every week. That's just not me right now. It's probably not going to be me for a long time. You're not looking at a cottage core person. You're not looking at someone who raises her own chickens. I don't even have a garden. Again, think it's amazing if you do. I'm not even growing my own herbs. That's just not the life that I lead. I actually really love the suburbs. I love the city. And while I would love maybe one day to live on a plot of land and to live off my land, that's just not who I am right now. That's not where God has called our family. And I just want to encourage you um, that motherhood is not an aesthetic. And so when you see this online, when you are following, for example, Ballerina Farms, again, it's incredible what she's able to accomplish and do, and she's beautiful, and her family is great, and all of that. But I just want you to be careful not to compare yourself to that and to think that you are falling short of the kind of mother that you need to be because your life doesn't look like that. You do not have to live on a farm. You don't have to make your own sourdough. You don't have to do those things in order to be a godly woman in the 21st century. If you can, if you want to, if that's a goal, then I think that's amazing. But remember, motherhood is beyond an aesthetic. It is a calling that God has placed on our lives, and it is going to look different in some ways than each of us, uh, for each of us. Now, of course, we all have a biblical standard and we can all read Titus 2, but you can keep an orderly home. You can love your children. You can raise them in the admonition of the Lord. You can feed them healthy food. You can care about their nutrition and their well-being and the how your home feels and looks and all of these things without cosplaying really as a so-called trad wife, trad life that we see on social media. And that should be very freeing. Now, I posted this on social media yesterday, hoping to encourage women. And thankfully it did. The vast majority of comments and messages that I got were people saying, yes, I feel seen. This is great. This is what I needed to hear. That motherhood is much deeper and better and bigger than any trend that we see on social media. But you would also think that I told people that making your own sourdough is of Satan. Like you, you would think that I told people that if you do live on a farm and you do kind of, uh, 
fall into this almost 19th century-esque life and you make things from scratch, that I am indicting you and condemning you as a person, that I think that you're wrong or bad or ungodly or anything like that. No. Oh my gosh. That's not what I said. That's not even close to what I implied. And that requires so much effort to read into something that was absolutely not said that I am just begging you to save your finite energy and direct it towards something more productive than being offended by something that is simply not offensive. The fact is we all have different gifts. We all have different callings. We all have different strengths. And while we are all called to godly spirit-filled motherhood, it's not going to look the exact same. Uh, For me, I get very tired. I get very tired um, just by imagining making something from from scratch. But for other people, it gives them energy and they're great at it or they feel like they have to because this is what their family needs to survive and thrive. And I think that's amazing. I just want to free you from arbitrary and superficial standards of what it might seem that conservative, traditional, biblical motherhood must look like. We have to look to God's word, not to any influencer, not to any trend, not to social media, not to me, not to any other podcaster. Um, But thankfully, by God's grace, like there's a lot of freedom and flexibility within God's standards for what biblical motherhood must look like. Um, Now, some people also took it as me saying that uh, I think that homeschooling is bad or something. I mean, which is absolutely crazy. If you've spent any time around here at all, you know, I'm a huge advocate for homeschooling, but really I am an advocate of Christian education. And so that doesn't necessarily mean homeschooling. I think homeschooling is awesome. Um, But it's not always necessary to give your child a biblical education. There is a lot in between homeschooling full-time and sending your kids to a you know, a secular government school. There's a lot in between that. Um, And so that's the point that I was trying to make. Of course, I believe in Christian education, and I've advocated for that uh, many times. And so this should be a liberating conversation. This should be an encouraging conversation. If you are not going to make sourdough, that is great. Then people like you and I, we can support other people who make sourdough because we buy our sourdough from a bakery. And if it weren't for people like me, they wouldn't be selling sourdough. If everyone were making their own sourdough, then no one would be making money off their sourdough. So look, I'm, we are, we are us, we suburban moms who are not making our own sourdough starter. We are booing the economy, if you will. We are all playing our part in our communities and in the body of Christ. So yay, that is good good news. You can be a traditional wife and mom, a biblical, much more importantly, wife and mom without fitting into any aesthetic. So you can meet me somewhere between sourdough starter and girl boss. That's where I reside. All right, let me pause and tell you about our first sponsor for the day, and that is Seven Weeks Coffee. I love Seven Weeks Coffee. Their mission is to promote godly values, to provide excellent coffee, and to protect every beating heart. This is a pro-life coffee company, and uh, how they demonstrate that is by donating 10% of every sale to pregnancy care centers across America, a significant portion of their profits. Pregnancy centers, as you know, they're the hands and feet of the pro-life movement. They are providing resources, material, and spiritual, emotional for women in surprise, unexpected crisis pregnancy situations, and they are ensuring that they are cared for and protected. And so seven weeks is 
helping to support these pregnancy centers. They've raised over $250,000 for these pregnancy centers and are supporting over 750 pro-life organizations. And it's just great coffee. It is really high quality. It's organic. I mean, top great coffee. We love it in our home. Go to sevenweekscoffee.com. Use code Allie to save 10% off your order. Sevenweekscoffee.com. Code Allie to save 10%. Sevenweekscoffee.com. Code Allie. All right. Yesterday, you might remember that Brie gave a prediction. She gave a prediction that Lil Nas X... Uh, famous for his music video where he was giving Satan a lap dance, uh, is, is going to become a Christian this year, which I said is an amazing prediction. I would absolutely love to see it. And of course, he is going to sit on the white couch on the relatable, uh, on, on the relatable set and tell us his testimony. Hey, God can do it. God can do it with God. All things are possible. Um, so we saw this after she gave that prediction though. Uh, strange timing. And this is the headline from Fox News. Rapper Lil Nas X unveils cover art for his new single, J. Christ. Yikes. Yikes. On Monday, rapper Lil Nas X unveiled the cover art for his new single, J. Christ, which releases on Friday, January 12th. The artwork features a picture of himself on the cross being lifted into place by a group of people. He also included a gif of himself as Jesus on a golden cross that transforms into a kind of armor around him. So here's what he tweeted. And right now, like his name on Twitter is a cross. A mighty single is dedicated to the man who had the greatest comeback of all time. J. Christ, January 12th, 2024, be there. And so obviously this is extremely, extremely blasphemous. Um, you can see the picture that we will put up on YouTube of him on some kind of golden cross. Um, yeah, so very, I think, very, very disturbing. Okay, he also has posted an image of himself, I guess, as Jesus taking communion. Very strange. Um, and you can see a picture of that. He also posted an altered image yesterday that seems to show that he was accepted to Liberty University studying biblical studies. Um, he has been promoting what he's referred to as his quote unquote Christian era of music on social media. It started with a video of him dancing to one of the songs with the caption, y'all mind if I enter my Christian era in the video he's wearing a shirt that says, if God doesn't exist, then who's laughing at us. So obviously this is all just a PR push. This is um, just making a mockery of God. And understandably, people are offended by this. Now, I think that he is probably doing this for very superficial reasons, or he thinks they're superficial reasons. He probably doesn't give a whole lot of weight to the spiritual seriousness of what he is doing. Um, but I think he's probably doing it because it causes a stir. It causes people like me to talk about it. So I guess I am I am playing along with this. Um, I will say what I said when people were freaking out about his shoes. Wasn't it, Brie? It was his shoes that came out a couple years ago that had a Bible verse on it. What was it? Um, Lil Nas <laughs> X Bible verse shoes. Didn't they, I think they had like a drop of blood in them, right? Supposedly. Oh, yeah. It was Luke 10, 18. And it was paying homage 
to Satan. And so he's been on the Satan trend for a while. And Luke 10, 18 says, and he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And of course, a lot of people understandably freaked out about this because this is Satan just right out in the open. And you've got someone who is glorifying Satan. As I said, he's got a music video where he has given Satan a lap dance. So a very disturbed uh, person. Um, but what I pointed out at the time, and this is what I will point out now, is that um, when you look at someone trying to highlight a verse that he thinks glorifies Satan, uh, God can still use that for good, even though Satan is meaning it for evil, even though Lil Nas X probably had bad motivations for it, the word of God does not return void. And if we look at that verse in context, we actually see the power of God. The 72 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written to heaven. So this is after Jesus uh, appointed 72 sent them on ahead of them two by two into every town and place where he himself was about to go. This is where he says the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are laborers are few. So as they returned to Jesus, they said, oh my gosh, demons are even subject to us because of you, because of your power. And Jesus said, yeah, I know. I watched Satan fall from heaven and I have given you the authority that I have to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. So isn't it interesting as Lil Nas X thought that he was citing a verse that I don't know showed the splendor or the uniqueness of Satan in context, this passage is actually about how Christians have authority, have spiritual authority that has been given to us by Christ through the power of the gospel and how Satan is not going to win. He's not going to be victorious. So even as I look at something like this album from Lil Nas X, which is insanely blasphemous, it just hurts me. I mean, it hurts me not because God needs my defense. He doesn't need me, obviously, to uh, protect him, but it hurts me for Lil Nas X. Like it hurts me for the callousness that I think this creates, not just in him and his own heart, but also in the people who follow him. The normalizing of this kind of uh, imagery. I mean, this is self-idolatry taken to its extreme. And I just shudder for what it will be like to stand before the judgment throne of God without the protection of the blood of Christ. And uh, I do think that images like this becoming so mainstream and no longer shocking us is a really bad indication of where our heart is as a culture. I mean, it kind of proves what we talked about yesterday, that really, truly, we live in this post-truth, post-Christian world, whereas uh, an image like this 50 years ago would have been forbidden. It would have caused a big stir. Yeah, I'm talking about it on my show now, but for a lot of people, it's not even going to cause any waves because we're just used to this kind of blasphemy. But I do believe that the worst blasphemers, the most depraved sexually 
immoral people can be saved by the grace of God. Right now, Lil Nas X, just like every other person without Christ, is dead in his sin. He's dead in his sin apart from Christ. There are not different levels of dead. If you are dead, you are dead. And the only way he can be made alive, and this is true for all of us, is by grace through faith in Christ. He can make us alive with Christ and we can be reconciled to God who is our enemy without Christ. Anyone can become a friend of God, no matter how far off they are through the blood of Christ. And so I will pray that Bree's prediction uh, comes true, that Lil Nas X, who clearly is inspired um, by Satan, I think, in a lot of ways, and inspired by evil in a lot of ways, that he will see the light because God can do that. God can do that. Um, He said some questionable things in the past. He said, y'all love saying we going to hell, but get upset when I actually go there, LMAO. Y'all saying a gay N-word, twerking on a CGI Satan is the end of times like slavery and the Holocaust didn't happen. Okay. Yeah. That's strange comparison. Uh, I definitely don't think that a music video is the indicator of the end of times. But I certainly do think that it is a sad indicator of where we are um, as a culture. But he has a mind of mush and a heart of stone, as we all do, apart from Christ. And I will pray that his heart changes. And just a reminder, like God is completely powerful. I think that we have the tendency to fixate on things that celebrities say and fixate on satanic symbolism. And uh, we forget uh, that Satan is extremely crafty and extremely deceitful and extremely insidious. And uh, his best work is not really done, I don't think, out in the open. Um but in hiding. And so I think that we would do better to focus on the ways that Satan is working um, in our churches, in our own lives, and uh, in our own relationships, and how he is trying to, as much as he can, uh, inhibit the advancement of the gospel. I'm not saying that we shouldn't also talk about these things. Obviously, I'm talking about them. Um, But I don't want us to focus on the big out there uh, forms of satanic imagery and forget how Satan more insidiously weaves himself into into our everyday lives through temptation and all kinds of distortions of what God calls good and right and true. But I just want to remind you of Psalm 2. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, as for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. God is completely in control. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. And this is especially apt considering that Davos is happening next week. Um, As they come together and they think, uh, you know, they collude together about how they're going to basically take the place 
of God, God sits in the heavens and laughs because he knows that he is ultimately in control and he knows that victory is his. So just a reminder of that when we see depravity, whether it's on a small or big scale, that God is completely in control. And even in our own lives, remember that he who started a good work in us will bring it to completion because he is faithful even when we are faithless. So we can trust. We can trust in our own sanctification because of the Holy Spirit, and we can also trust in God's victory ultimately uh, in the world uh, and the advancement ultimately of his kingdom because of God's sovereignty. Uh, All right, let's move on to a little bit of a happier story. Uh, Let me go ahead and pause. I'll tell you about our next sponsor for the day. And that is Naturally It's Clean. I've been talking about Naturally It's Clean for a while because they're great. I especially love their carpet cleaner. I just used it the other day because uh, there was a, a yogurt spill on one of our rugs. And so I got my Naturally It's Clean. I sprayed it on the stain. I left it there for a couple of minutes. It came up so easily. I've been so impressed by it. It gets paint out. It gets food out. You can even use it. I've uh, seen people use it like on the on a couch. I've seen it get out marker. I've seen it get out coffee, all kinds of things. And it uses plant enzymes. There's no fake fragrances or heavy chemicals or things like that. It's super effective, but it's safer for you and your family. Uh, you can go to naturallyitsclean.com slash Allie. You'll get 15% off if you use promo code Allie, naturallyitsclean.com slash Allie. Use promo code Allie for the discount, naturallyitsclean.com slash Allie, promo code Allie. Okay, so I saw this video going around that I thought was just so sweet and heartwarming. And this is the USA Junior Hockey Team. Um, They're being praised for belting out the national anthem after winning gold and saying, we love our country. Okay, here it is. Okay, that's so sweet. It's a l- even sweeter if you watch it rather than just listen to it because if you're listening to it, you might just have heard a cacophony of voices there. But it's really sweet. They look so happy and so excited about their victory and so happy to sing the national anthem. I cry when I sing the national anthem and these people seem really patriotic too. Just remember that these people exist. Like the, I don't know if I can say anymore this is the majority of people in America, sadly, but there's such a large contingency of us that still love what America was founded on, want to preserve those things, care about those things, are proud of those things, are proud of so much of what America has accomplished, even where if we're disappointed um, in a lot of where America has gone. I just thought that was such a sweet, heartwarming moment, and I wanted to share that with you all. Um, also, I, I wanted to, this is a totally different subject now, now that we've kind of gone past the stories that we really wanted to talk about. I wanted to touch on a couple extra things that I think we need to be talking about more, that I'm concerned that people are not discussing. So I wanted to give you a little lighthearted thing before we get into some disturbing things. 
I don't know if you guys saw, but there was an explosion in Fort Worth this week. On January 9th, 21 people were injured in an apparent explosion at a downtown hotel in Fort Worth, Texas on Monday afternoon. The Fort Worth Fire Department spokesperson said the explosion appears to have been caused by some type of gas leak, but that was not confirmed as of Tuesday evening. Don't you feel like we should be talking about this more? I mean, there are so many people who have been hurt from this, so many people in critical condition in the hospital because because of an explosion in Texas. Now, I hope... It's strange to say, but I hope it was from a gas leak, but we don't know that yet. It seems like this should be a bigger topic of conversation, especially as we're going into 2024 and there are so many unknowns, so many fears that a lot of people have, namely because of the situation that's going on at our border right now. I don't know if you guys have been following this, the insane infiltration that we are experiencing right now at the border, hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people coming in and not just coming in, but being bussed to different locations across the country. And actually in New York right now, a high school is about to be used to house migrants and the students that attend that high school are going to have to go to virtual learning. And so this uh, seems like a uh, very scary combination of things going on here, that we are in a very vulnerable position and that stories where something just randomly happens, like a, a, a random disaster, as it is very clear that the people in charge of our country do not care about its sovereignty, do not care about its borders, do not care about who is coming in, from where, what their motives are, what their background is. Um, It's just a very precarious situation that we are in. Um, And it seems like, it seems like we should be doing more to hold our leaders accountable when it comes to this. Now, I'm not saying that those two things are connected in Texas. I'm not saying that. I have no idea. I'm just saying that I think everyone is kind of on their toes, on the edge of their seat and not in a good way as every, uh, every sector that we are looking at of society seems extremely tenuous. Um, and so it's just a little, it's just a little troubling. Okay, we have one more kind of random thing to talk about. We are going to talk about um, a conspiracy in just a second. But let me go ahead and let me tell you about our last sponsor and then we'll have a conversation about um, a conspiracy theory that is a very popular conspiracy theory, but I've just started to think about it in the last couple of years. Um, in the last sponsor is Jace Medical. As we talked about uh, earlier this week, if we are in an emergency situation, as we were talking about, there's a lot that's unpredictable in the next year. You just want to make sure that you and your family are taken care of, not just being prepared when it comes to your food supply, your water supply, things like that. Hopefully it'll never come to that, but also making sure that you have an emergency stash of the medications that you need if you're not able to get them through traditional means. So these are prescriptions that your family relies on, but also antibiotics. Jace Medical walks you through a telemedicine process to ensure that you've got a year-long supply of needed antibiotics and the prescriptions that you and your family use. And so you can just feel peace of mind knowing that if anything should happen, hopefully it never does, you're taken care of in that arena. If you go to jacemedical.com, they'll show you how the process works. It's completely safe, uh, confidential. You can also use code Allie at checkout for a discount on your order. So go to jacemedical.com. Go ahead and get the medications that you need and use code Allie at checkout. That's jacemedical.com, code Allie. 
Okay, Brie, we're kind of all over the place today just a little bit. Just there's just a lot. It's hard to decide sometimes what to talk about when we've been off for several weeks and there are so many different things that we want to cover. Um, but I guess today one of the things that we want to talk about is the moon landing <laughs> because that's important. It's important. That's important. It's imminent. And the reason I want to talk about it is because there was an article in News Nation saying that the U.S. has successfully launched the first moon landing mission in more than 50 years. Now, you've probably heard in, um, you know, maybe recently or maybe you've heard this for a long time, skepticism about whether or not America really ever went to the moon. This is not something that I have ever questioned in my life. But I do think that there are interesting points to raise. Was it just a PR push while we were in the space race to say America is number one? And how did the camera get out there? How'd the camera get out there as, you know, to, it's kind of like the ultimate influencer, you know, those influencer who, influencers who like set up their camera and their ring light to show a night in the life of newborn parents. I cannot imagine anything that I would want to do less than that, than <laughs> set, set up, up the, the camera, camera and have people see, oh my gosh, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, But this is kind of like the ultimate of that happening, I guess, when they went to the moon more than 50 years ago. They put the camera out and they were like, okay, go back in, go back in. And they went in and then they stepped onto the moon like they hadn't already been out there. And then they put our American flag on there. And for some reason, we have not been back in 50 years. Why? That's kind of the thing that gets me. I mean, in the past year, I've become skeptical about a lot of things, but <laughs> I feel like this was one I remember like 10 years ago defending the moon landing yeah. to one of my friends. And now I'm kind of like, okay, they say that they destroyed the technology that they had to go to the moon and we haven't been able to do it since. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I don't know. What? You're saying we had that technology. 50 years ago to go to the moon and like the 5g on my phone barely works like if i go to the wrong like corner of a building i can no longer receive text messages in yeah. the year of our lord 2024 and you're telling me 50 years ago we went to the moon <laughs> and were able to set up a camera on the moon and to get clear footage of us staking the american flag mm-hmm. Which some people have pointed out, it looks like the wind is blowing it (laughs) up on the moon. Which I always thought this was so kooky to even talk about. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, me too. But my sister-in-law has raised (laughs) some valid points to me and I have started to think about it. Just question it. Just just question question it. And you know... Now I'm thinking how silly it is for anyone to think that questioning it is bad. Right. That questioning it is dangerous. Oh, yes, we must accept all of the official answers and explanations from the government. Is that your position that the government wouldn't lie to us? No, the government would never lie to us. (laughs) They would never lie to us. Maybe some of these things we're saying, someone who's like really well informed or a scientist or something is like, oh, there's an obvious answer to that and we don't know it or something. Maybe. But I just I'm willing some to hear that. Stuff, yeah, me too. Some of this stuff just doesn't make sense to me, I guess. Also, the tapes that were destroyed, 
and then and then found again and restored and now they See, look better. I don't better. even know about that until you said it. What are yeah, you talking about? Apparently the original recordings were erased and reused like they ran out of tape or something and um and then they restored them. They like found them again and restored them and now they look better than they did before apparently. Um so I don't know what that's about but seems a little convenient. I don't know. Yeah, why would they keep up the lie now though? Why wouldn't they just like, yeah, we did that. <laughs> well, because then people wouldn't trust them, right? Oh Even more. Gosh. Yeah, why would anyone You can't admit trust... to anything. You can't admit to anything or people are going to lose confidence. Lose you know? confidence in the, you know, it's probably is COVID and everything over the past few years that's gotten people to start questioning yeah, things. Oh, someone's going to take sure. this segment, Brie. You know someone's going to take this segment and clip it. <laughs> and talk about how dangerous it is to question it. I mean, let's not yeah. talk about dinosaurs. Oh, no. People get so angry. People get so angry when you say, oh, you know what? We don't know what color scales pterodactyls have. <laughs> like, we we probably don't. I mean, there's been, I don't, how many dinosaurs have they found full fossils of? It's very, very yeah. few. It's very few. I think they've only found if one. I don't even know if they have a full T-Rex, like a full body of a T-Rex. But as we have talked about several times, if you look at the skeletons of a hippo, if you look at the skeletons of a chicken, if you look at the skeletons of an owl, like you could draw on that and come up with something that looked like a dinosaur. If Because we don't know what the hair looked like if they had any we don't know fur we don't know color we don't know sounds i'm telling you some of this has been constructed by a bunch of nerds who were like oh jurassic park that would be so cool man and you think that it's all science-based because you've been trained not to question anything i'm just saying i don't think that dinosaurs looked like the depictions that we have of them today there's no chance there's no chance okay i've become i've become well, a hard maybe there's a on chance this. there's <laughs> no chance no there's no chance <laughs> that we know the colors of the scales no you're right there's T-Rex. no chance we know i guess there's yes. a chance maybe we guessed correctly yeah but you're right there's no way to like know there's 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 no way to know so i'm not even saying the dinosaurs didn't exist if you want to call them that. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm just saying they probably looked more similar to animals we have today than what people want to believe. And like people will hold on to dying. I got I got like a five page typed letter from someone sent to me about how just this is just so dangerous. The dinosaur thing? Yes, to question what dinosaurs look like. I'm going to question it even harder now. (laughs) Yeah, that that makes me more skeptical, honestly. Why do you want me to believe it so badly? Yeah, why does it matter to you? How does Mm. it affect you? Yeah. Ugh. People are gonna people are gonna have a heyday with this segment, Brie. (laughs) Um, You know what? This is a good time to promote my merch. Uh, we have question everything. We have question everything. Here, merch. I have it on my laptop. You can see. Yeah, it it's cute. Me. Do you see? Let's let's go to Brie. We yeah. got a question yeah, everything yeah. little right sticker right there. We also have a hat and a shirt with our question. And he's landing on the moon. I yeah, forgot about that. We've got a T Rex <laughs> landing on the moon. It says question everything. Oh man, I should have worn that today. <laughs> and you can buy it at AllieMerch.com. 
Um, all right. What a random episode. I hope that you guys enjoyed it. And uh, we will be back here tomorrow. Oh, I'm super, super excited for tomorrow's interview. It's going to be really good. We are talking to an investigative journalist who has uncovered all the shocking stuff about Pornhub. She's going to be here in studio. And I'm super pumped for you to hear what she's uncovered. It's, it's actually shocking and so important for us to know. All right. Thanks so much for tuning in to Relatable. We will be back here tomorrow. Thank you.